Hey guys, welcome. As promised, here's the very first episode of Crime and Conspiracy. This is about the unsolved murder of Dorothy Jane Scott. The year is 1980. Gas prices are at $1.19, and Dorothy Jane Scott is 32 years old. Now, she was a single mom. She had a four-year-old son named Sean, and she worked at uh, two jointly owned stores in Anaheim. If you guys don't know where Anaheim is, I'm going to make it real simple. It's where Disneyland is. If you guys know where Disneyland is, that is... Anaheim. She worked at a Swingers Psych Shop, sorry about that, and Custom John's Head Shop. And she lived with her four-year-old son and her aunt in Stanton, California. She was described by her friends and the family as someone who was very dependable, organized. She was caring and she was a great mom to Sean. So, you know, she wasn't she wasn't into any drinking, partying, or doing drugs or anything like that, which which is, you know, great to hear. Um and she lived very close to her parents, Vera and Jacob. This made it very easy for her, um, as far as you know, babies, babysitters go. She would leave Sean with her parents while she went to work for the day and she would pick him up whenever she was off work. May 28th, 1980 was no different. This was a regular day for her. She woke up, she drove Sean to her parents' home. She let them know she had a meeting at 9 p.m. So she was going to be home late. She was going to be late to picking up Sean. No biggie. At least, that's what they thought. From the outside looking in, you might wonder, who would even want to hurt Dorothy? Why has she disappeared? Who would do this? In the months leading to her disappearance, she had been receiving phone calls. And she told her family members and friends about this. Um, She believed she was being stalked. And later we'll see how she was in fact being stalked. This man would call her and tell her about her daily routine. Like, there is no other way to know that. She wasn't updating her status on Facebook. It's 1980. He would call her home and work number, express his undying love for her, but then he would threaten her. So obviously, this guy was a weirdo. He was obsessed and was stalking this woman. As you can imagine, she was completely freaked out by this, and she actually was considering buying a gun and began to take self-defense classes a week before her disappearance. On one special occasion, he even told Dorothy that he was going to get her alone and cut her into bits so that no one could ever find her. His threats became actions very soon, and he called her one night and told her to go outside, that he had left something for her. When she went out, she found a dead rose sitting on top of her car. This is when I would have called the cops. As far as um, I was able to tell, it doesn't look like she ever reported it to police and it's not like she could get a restraining order against him he she didn't know who he was now she did mention to her family members that his voice sounded very familiar but she just couldn't place it so 
you know, everybody wonders if maybe she had met him once or maybe that's just it. Maybe it was somebody she had constant contact with, but she just could not place his voice when she would talk to him on the phone. Um, but back to May 28th, 1980. Dorothy goes to the ropes, drops off her son at her parents and she goes to work. She has that meeting that's running late at 9 p.m. Cool. During this meeting, Dorothy notices her co-worker by the name of Conrad, who's, I guess, ill. He has, like, swelling on his arm, and she offers to take him to the hospital. Dorothy, Conrad, and a co-worker named Pam all leave the meeting early to take Conrad to the hospital. Before they get to the hospital, they swing by Dorothy's parents' home to check on Sean and let her parents know that she's going to the hospital. She's going to be late. Now, one very important thing that happens during this very quick visit is Dorothy changes the black scarf that she was wearing to a red scarf. I promise this will be important later. Once the trio makes it to the hospital, it is deemed that Conrad was bitten by a deadly black widow spider. He gets taken care of and discharged. Now, at this time, Dorothy offers to run downstairs, bring the car around to the entrance, you know, to make it easier for Conrad. They agree, and Dorothy goes on her way to get the car. This is the last time anybody sees Dorothy alive. Pam and Conrad wait in the front for 10 to 20 minutes before they see Dorothy's car speed up to the entrance and pass them. They tried to wave the car down and couldn't be sure if it was even Dorothy driving or not. The headlights blinded them. The car made a quick right turn out of the driveway and disappeared into the nighttime darkness. Now, at first Pam and Conrad assumed that she might have had an emergency with her son. They even waited two hours to see if Dorothy would return for them. Remember, there were no cell phones at this time. They couldn't call her. She could not have left them a text, you know, saying she had to go. So eventually they called Dorothy's parents home to see if she had been there. When she wasn't found at her parents, they called the police and they reported Dorothy as missing. Thank God. Don't you guys just get so frustrated when someone goes missing and the police station has some stupid rule about you have to wait 24 hours or something to that effect this it seems like in this case they were able to report her missing the night she disappeared several hours passed with no trace of dorothy that is until at 4 30 a.m on may 29th which is just a couple hours after she was last seen her white 1973 toyota station wagon was found burning in an alley about 10 miles away in Santa Ana. But Dorothy was not in her car. The anonymous caller I had introduced to you earlier wasted no time in calling Dorothy's parents home. The phone rang and Vera, Dorothy's mom, answered. The caller asked, are you related to Dorothy Scott? After she said yes, the caller said, I've got her and hung up. The family became frantic and called the police. They were specifically told not to talk to reporters while they initiated a massive search. But Jacob, 
Dorothy's father became impatient with the police station and called the Santa Ana Register newspaper and they ran a story about Dorothy's disappearance. They also offered a $2,500 reward to anyone who would provide information leading to her whereabouts, dead or alive. The day the story was ran was on June 12th, 1980. The day it was ran, the editor, Pat Riley, received a chilling phone call. The caller said, and I quote, I killed her. I killed Dorothy Scott. She was my love. I caught her cheating with another man. She denied having someone else. I killed her. The caller also mentioned Conrad's spider bite and Dorothy's red scarf. Told you it was important. The color of Dorothy's scarf had never been released. Only her killer would know that. The police investigated Dorothy's ex and father of Sean, but he had an airtight alibi. He was physically in another state at the time of her disappearance. Now, usually when somebody goes missing, they'll first look at family members and you know, love interests, but he was cleared. The case became cold very quick. However, the anonymous caller continued tormenting the family for the next four years. Four years. Almost every Wednesday when Vera was home alone, he would call. He would call and say the same things. Is Dorothy there? I've got her. I've killed her. The police tried several times to trace the phone calls. All the lines were tapped, but the caller wouldn't stay on the phone long enough for them to trace him. Four years would pass before the call stopped. In April 1984, Jacob answered the phone and told the caller that he had the wrong number. John speculates that the caller probably assumed that new residents were not living in the home. But just three and a half months later, on August 6, 1984, a construction worker discovered remains of a dog in some brush off Santa Ana Canyon Road in Anaheim, which was about 13 miles away from UC Irvine Medical Hospital, where Dorothy was the night she's, she disappeared. The dog remains were dug up, and beneath those remains, they found human bones, a pelvis, an arm, two thighs and a skull along with the bones they found a turquoise ring and watch which had stopped at 12 30 a.m may 29 1980 which was one hour after her initial disappearance vera identified the turquoise ring as being her daughter's and a week later the remains were positively identified as those of dorothy scott the announcement was ran in the newspaper and the scott family received two more calls from the caller asking, is Dorothy home? An autopsy was conducted, but the medical examiner was unable to provide the cause of death due to the state of the remains. No drastic breakthroughs have been made in this case, but there is circumstantial evidence that points to Mike Butler. Mike Butler was the brother of a female associate who worked with Dorothy, but apparently he had an unhealthy obsession with Dorothy. According to True Crime Society, Mike Butler was an unstable person who lived in the Santiago Mountains and was involved in cult activity. Now, this is why they might think that the dead dog was discovered with her, with her remains. Now, his sister worked with Dorothy at Swinger Psych Shop, but there was never enough evidence 
to consider him a suspect or person of interest. But he's the only person that law enforcement has even potentially looked at. There had, There's no other suspects. Dorothy's case remains unsolved. Mike Butler passed away in 2014, and both of her parents have passed. Her son Sean is still seeking justice for his mother's murder, and we're hoping that at least one day the family can get closure. Thanks for listening, guys. This is one of the creepiest cases I've ever heard just because of the constant calls and how he was literally calling her before while she was gone and even after they found her remains like the audacity of this guy who still has not been brought to justice thanks for tuning in and i'll catch y'all next week